Get started, hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Chinese baseball to an unending horse race. It's cluster to the White House. Last week was a busy, busy week for both major parties, starting with the Democrats, who met for a candidate's forum on Logo, the gay-oriented cable channel that is not Lifetime or Bravo. Logo held a different kind of debate, with candidates appearing only one at a time, apparently on the set of Live with Regis and Kelly. Questioners included one Ms. Melissa Etheridge, who, to her credit, made it an ideal forum for America to learn more about Melissa Etheridge. I am not a professional politician. I'm not even a journalist. My creator made me what I am. I'm an incredibly privileged rock star. I grew up in the Midwest. I've lived in uh, Santa Fe. I have children uh, in grade school. I remember when uh, your husband was elected president. I actually came out publicly during his inaugural week. Well, that's all the time we have. Uh, I'd like to thank the candidates for stopping by. Actually, she told uh, Hillary Clinton that she came out during her husband's inaugural week. I actually remember that. I don't even think it was during inaugural week. If I remember it, was that the actual ceremony? What? I will faithfully execute the I'm a lesbian! Of the I'm completely gay! <laughs> that's how people do that back then. They would just shout it. I'm completely gay! Well, anyway, at the debate, the Democratic candidates were trying to reassure the gay community how much they support them, while reassuring the rest of the country that they don't completely support them. We called a little game called Gay Marriage Golf. First to the tee, Hillary Clinton. The crowd, of course, big fans of women's golf. Will it help? Talk to us about what is at the heart of your opposition to same-sex marriage? Well, Joe, I prefer to think of it as being very positive about civil unions. Ooh, powerful shot. Nice rhetorical spin. Let's see. Clinton still. Oh, rolls past the pin, but still an excellent try. Next up, Barack Obama. I am a strong supporter, uh, not of a weak version of civil unions, but of a strong version. Uh, Looks good. It's going past the hole. And yes... Nicely done, Barack Obama. And now, on the second tee, we go to John Edwards, a breeder. What says the senator? Full marriage rights? I do not support same-sex marriage. Ooh! He shagged it! It's back in the bunker, specifically the Archie bunker. Eat it, there. What's with the uh, homo sapiens there and their uh, meathead wedding vows there? Eat it, huh? And then, of course, there was the golden bear. Well, he's not really a bear. Dennis Kucinich. You're one of just two candidates who, who fully supports same-sex marriage. Um, why do you think that is? I mean, this is really a question of, of whether you really believe in equality. So you're listening to WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor, Closets Are For Clothes. And um, 
not actually the Daily Show. Well, you are listening to the Daily Show, but today's topic is a recap of last week's Logo Online, or excuse me, Logo Channel Democratic Debate. Dan, did you get to watch it? I did. Yeah, so so we talked a lot about it. We talked with um, Rep- State Representative Rebecca Warren about what we were looking for a candidate. So I thought it would be really good for us to... Um, we thought it'd be really good to really follow up and see what happens. So right now, we're in the middle of listening to John Stewart and his take on um, the Daily Show about um, the logo online debate. So let's go back to that. I really like that movie. Kucinich was a crowd favorite throughout the night. Congressman Kucinich, you're seemingly for everything the gay community wants. I mean, gay marriage, civil rights protection, uh, Fleet Week expanded to Fleet Year, (laughs) FEMA assistance for when it's raining men, (laughs) Kathy Griffin to host everything, (laughs) and of course a nationwide ban on pleated pants. That's the gay agenda. Indeed, Kucinich is a longtime friend to Friends of Dorothy. When I was uh, mayor of Cleveland, I I was attacked for hiring a police chief who was said to be sympathetic to gay rights. I believe we have a photo of that police chief. Uh, Yes, that's right. (laughs) Next to Kucinich's head of Native American Affairs, his Department of Buildings chief, his leather man. I don't know. I'm running out of things to say. It was generally a friendly event, except for one William Richardson. Do you think homosexuality is a choice or is it biological? It's a choice. Interesting tact. Would you care to elaborate crazy on that? I don't know if you understand the question. Do you think, do you think I, uh, a homosexual is born that way? Or do you think that around seventh grade we go, oh, I want to be gay? You know, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a scientist, but, you know, if I had to take a stab at this, I'd say, you know, maybe it's got something to do with eating bad cheese. I don't know. You know, getting the gay, I guess. I don't know. Richardson then swung into damage control mode, explaining the next day that he didn't understand the question because of jet lag. (laughs) Yes, apparently the governor had just flown in from the 1950s. (laughs) But while the logo forum may not have changed... Uh, I'm no mechanical engineer. While the logo forum may not have changed any candidates' positions or voters' minds, it was still useful for something. Namely, it provided a number of moments and phrases that, taken out of context, were construable as gay sexual innuendo. And so, without further ado, I give you The Daily Show's most immature montage ever. And now, The Daily Show's most immature montage ever. I'm somebody who I think is willing to talk about these issues even when it's hard. A member of your staff. Strong and firm. I want to do it. I'm your girl. I'd like to get into that. I am your girl. I love you, Joe. Joe Blow. His partner cannot come together. Because you know what? This is just my place to just bend down and gag on a staffer. So what we were just listening to, besides the most irresponsible montage ever, which is hilarious, is um, that was The Daily Show with Jon Stewart's uh, wrap-up of, of last week's Democratic uh, candidates, um, 
forum. They call it a forum and not a debate. You know, I didn't. Right. Right. I wasn't sure what the the um, format was going to be. You know, I really expected it to be everyone up on stage, right? Well, I did too. So yeah. it really surprised me when they had um, folks that were going to be. Uh, I mean, they're going to do it individually, right? They, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, do you understand what the order that they had them in was? It the yeah. So it was the order that they. Uh, I think they said that it was the order that they accepted the uh, the invitation to speak. So, um, so Hillary was the last then too, because she was the, she was the last one. Yeah, uh, I guess so. She was the last one to be able to say yes. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So, um, uh, but you know, r- ratings wise, I think that. Um, it was probably smart to have Hillary at the end. Anyway. Well, and I think that that's, and I think it was also smart because I was under some impression that um, they gave you the choice of when to speak um, of the of the uh, one, two, three, four, five. I think six six candidates or seven. Mm-hmm. One, two, six. three. Uh, the six candidates that, um, as the as the, of the order that they would like to go in, um, they gave them a choice by the who came in first or who applied for it first or. Who agreed to it first so like for instance barack obama was the first one so he got the first choice of when did he want to be in the lineup oh is that right and that's my that was my understanding and then then hillary clinton was like the next and she chose to go last ah so maybe that's what it um was. and um and then from there they they fell into place like that but it was just one of those like oh okay um but you're right it was a, a great opening and a great ending that's for sure so did you get the popcorn out? Have a little party at your house? We did. We had a dinner party, a forum watching party. Oh, yeah, it was it was good times. It was good times. I think that, um, you know, I am I allowed to say political affiliation on there? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I'm a hill raiser. Okay, all right. So I'm a hill raiser. Um, you know, I um, don't contribute to any. Um, I don't contribute to any political campaign because I can't afford it, right? But, but I have this sticker. But the, there's an argument too that you you also um, can't can't afford not to. This is true. <laughs> this is true. But uh, you know, if I look at the figures now, I mean, where is my money better placed? USF right. or mm-hmm. Hillary's campaign? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm a hill raiser, and um, I was overall really happy with um, with. Um, her Senator Clinton's performance. Okay. Um, I think that she talks about her husband's performance in the White House as very, uh, very frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that, you know that's okay with me. I think not. Not what um, what Melissa Etheridge puts as sort of being abandoned. Um, I think that uh, in retrospect, it both makes sense and it hurts. Right. So. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, she definitely puts that in perspective, especially when she um, talks about the uh, don't ask, don't tell situation, which is the first one, the first clip that we have that we're going to play tonight. (laughs) So for Hillary Clinton. And um, but she talks about the the history and how it was it was progress rather than she calls it a, um, a transitional because of the transitional policy right exactly mm-hmm. and um are we and so then there's uh <laughs> so but she did she one of the things that she did she talked about how before don't ask don't tell um that the folks who entered into the who were um accused of being a gay or anything like this that what happened was that they would um before don't ask don't tell they, they would be criminally liable for not giving up the names of other folks that they had uh, known that were gay or lesbian or mm-hmm. um uh and so 
Um, and and it is an unjust policy. I strongly believe that. And I also think that, um, you know, I'm of two minds often of this because I feel like on one hand, um, it's an unjust policy because it, it sort of codifies a type of discrimination against a group of people in, in a military institution. Right. right? Mm-hmm. In a governmental institution. Right. right. Um, the other part of it is, like, who's to say, you know... Um, you know, the military isn't all of a sudden going to become this tolerant place for gays and lesbians once Don't Ask, Don't Tell is lifted. Oh, absolutely not. So so part of it is like what, um, you know. But at the same time, if they, they keep the law in, in effect, the other issue is that they that it's still then accepted. Right. And, and I'm so, certainly not saying keep the law in effect. Right. And so but by I'm making saying, some changes that there <laughs> needs to be something where they can be able to do. Like, for instance, when they lifted the ban on having people of color. Um, in the military. Right. I mean, they had to do something. Yes, there was still racism. There was still um, uh, there was still issues that were going on. Uh, sure. um, and they still had to deal with it. Just like just because they've lifted the ban that it can only be men, that now they also accept women, uh-huh. doesn't mean that uh, misogyny still doesn't exist in uh, um, in the military. I agree. You know, so I think it's it's at least a step in the right direction. Um, but at least if they could lift the Don't Ask Hotel, then there will be some more conversation about uh, what really is going on and what's, you know, what's how is our military really uh, constructed um, to be the best that they all, they could be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So let's hear, let's hear Senator Clinton talk about that. Okay. Uh, you've said in, in past settings like this and in uh, all across the country that you would like to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Now, since 2003, you've sat on the Senate Armed Services Committee, the committee that would decide this issue. Why haven't you introduced legislation to repeal this policy? Well, Joe, first, thanks for doing this, and thanks for everybody being here and uh, having this forum. Uh, I think the very simple answer is we didn't have a chance with the Republican Congress and George Bush as president. And... Uh, I want to get it done when I'm president. I want to do it and have it be successful. I don't want to try in a Republican Congress with a very negative president and have it defeated. We're talking now that we have a Democratic Congress about what steps we can take to sort of lay the groundwork so that when we do have a change in the White House, which can't happen too soon to suit me, uh, we will... We will be able to uh, move on that. But, but I, I just want to sort of put it into a broader context because uh, it's one of my highest priorities. I came out against Don't Ask, Don't Tell in 1999. Um, it was a transitional action that was taken back uh, at the beginning of my husband's administration um, because at the time uh, there was such a witch hunt going on and we've got some veterans over here. I saw Staff Sergeant uh, Eric Alva, who uh, I have met before at HRC, and I was so glad to see him when I walked in. Um, and, you know, uh, for people who don't know um, Staff Sergeant Alva's uh, history, he was the first Marine wounded in Iraq, uh, recipient of a Purple Heart. Um, and 15 years ago, uh, he could have both been refused the opportunity to serve, but if he had gotten into the military under the rules that existed at the time and the attitudes that were prevalent, he could have been court-martialed or even accused and threatened with criminal action if he didn't reveal names of those with whom he might have had 
relationships who were serving in the military. I think it, you know, we have moved a long way on this and other issues, but I think it's important to recall how much of an advance don't ask, don't tell was at the time. However, it was not implemented appropriately. It was still used to discharge um, a lot of patriotic men and women who were serving our country, uh, often at great cost in the middle of a war where people were being told, we don't need your services anymore, including you know, linguists and translators and other specialty uh, services. But in 1999, you know, it just struck me that it wasn't working and that what we needed to do was to try to move us toward using the code of military justice and judge people on conduct, not status. No matter whether you're, you know, gay or straight, that's the way it should be. It should be even-handed across the entire services. We're beginning to see some changes. I remember very well the intense debates about this back in 93. And honestly, it, it was so emotional in the military and in the Congress um, that the Congress did pass a law, so we have to get the law repealed. But now it's beginning to change. Former Joint Chiefs of uh, Staff Chairman uh, General Charlie Kashvili has just come out in favor of a change. I've noticed General Powell, who was adamantly against my husband's efforts back in 93, has begun to say, you know, maybe we should rethink this. So I think we will lay the groundwork, but then when I'm president, we'll get it done. And I'm looking forward to doing that. Thank you. So one, so one of the things I was reminded about with as she was talking about is that there is there is a little bit of a difference between um, uh, with allowing the um, race into the military or women into the military is that gay men are already there, and right. so I think that there, so there was no technical persecution of uh, people of color or of women exclusion or exclusion. Well, but there was an well, okay. There, yeah, um, there was an exclusion, but there wasn't anything where they were all, they were being um, discharged with uh, uh, dishonorable discharges and and or being beaten for being in the military. And so that's where um, I don't know. I think by changing the law, there will be. Um, that it would make a, a significant difference. Yeah, and I, I think that you know exactly what she, what Senator Clinton said, allowing very patriotic and honorable people who happen to be gay, right, openly serve in the military. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that um, all of the quote unquote all of the allies that we have, all of the quote unquote coalition of the willing, um, for example, the United Kingdom, oh, allow. Mm -hmm. um, lesbians and gays to, and bisexuals to mm -hmm. openly serve. Right, exactly. And we're not seeing anything, um, a, a defect in their military or a, a, um, a military breaking down just because of someone's sexual orientation. Right. So I think you're, um, so I think it would definitely, um, they would definitely help. And it was very interesting the very, uh, as we go through each of the candidates, how each of them did respond to this issue. Mm -hmm. um, but she also had a very interesting, and we talked about this last week, where um, she's not for marriage, but she is, um, she's, she's not against marriage necessarily, but she's very strongly for civil union hmm. um and which i thought was a very clever way of, of, of correcting the the folks that were they were doing the interview or doing the uh, asking the questions um and 
Um, so how, how, how being a Hillary supporter, um, how are you dealing with that, with that issue with Hillary? Well, you know, I, I don't think I, I see her stance as on marriage and civil unions. Um, you know, I have to look at it through my own personal lens. About mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, about what it means. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this. Like, so is it a matter of semantics or is it a matter of mm-hmm. uh, true and equal full rights? Um, now, you know, I think personally, I think that it, it can be a matter of semantics. I do believe that we deserve, as an LGBTQ community, um, wider all the rights of marriage mm-hmm. um, and whether or not for me personally we call that marriage or civil unions mm-hmm. um, is uh, it's not as important to me mm-hmm. part of it is that you know marriage is so tied up in religion right absolutely so but I am not is the other thing mm-hmm. so I am not tied up in a very strong religious community right um, I, now I have a personal faith but but um, and another part of it is like, you know, marriage connotes a some some sort of um, power dynamic that's set up in this sort of uh, very um, heterocentric way mm-hmm. that m- is not necessarily a model that I that I believe in. Okay, but w- what about like as we talked about in, in previous shows of the idea that other countries recognize marriage but not civil union? Well, I think that. You know, I'm not sure if that's a an or a thing of a semantics piece, okay. or whether it's again them switching. Like, is it marriage with full rights, or is it civil unions with full rights of marriage? We're not calling it marriage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that you know some could argue that we're actually living a theocracy and not a democracy. I think there's well, a lot currently, of yes, mm-hmm. so. yes, right, and I think. Um and I and so that's one of the things I'm, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm concerned with the the candidates that are not um, talking as comfortably about the issue of marriage or uh, civil union. Like I who? think. Uh, well, like for instance, let's talk about um, Bob. Or, oh my gosh, I almost went to NPR. Um, talk about John Edwards uh-huh. <laughs> and um, and what he basically was saying about his. Um, about that that it doesn't necessarily it's not his belief um and he we actually um and how he talks about how he feels that the president shouldn't be um imposing his rights um mm-hmm. and when he talks about uh, especially in the segment where it says and how his religious beliefs affect the views on gay marriage hmm. um and and so let's listen to that for a moment and and finally senator uh, you've expressed your opposition to same sex marriage and you've raised your faith as part of the reason for your opposition. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what is it within your religion that's leading you to this position? Well, you know, I have to tell you, I, I shouldn't have said that because, it, first of all, my... First of all, I believe to my core in equality. My campaign for the presidency is about equality across the board. And I listened to your discussion uh, with Senator Obama uh, a few minutes ago. I was backstage. I was able to hear what you were saying and what, and what he was saying. And it makes perfect sense to me that gay and lesbian couples would say, civil unions, great. 1,100 federal benefits, great. You know, give us these rights. We deserve these rights. And they're absolutely right about that. 
but it stops short of real equality. It makes perfect sense to me that, that people would feel that way. I mean, I totally, I, to I, I can understand it. It makes sense. And, and the only thing I would say about the faith question is, I think from, from my perspective, it is wrong. It's because we have seen a president in the last six plus years who tries to impose his faith on the American people. And I think it is a mistake and I will not impose my faith belief on the, Ameri on the American people. Uh, I don't believe any president of the United States should do that. I believe in the separation of church and state. And these things that we have talked about, all these substantive issues of equality, which is really what the discussion has been about, these are part of my heart, soul, and core. And they are not just issues that I will answer when I'm in front of you. They are things that I will fight for every day, both in the presidential campaign and as president of the United States because I think America desperately needs it, and I believe in it deeply. And so, um, <laughs> and so, and and he goes on to say, especially the next segment, where he actually says, um, I am not in support of same-sex marriage. And he comes right out and actually uh -huh, says that, uh -huh. and, and can be quoted. Right. So I, I, I'm concerned that isn't he enforcing his religion by stating that he's not going to be for marriage? You know... That's certainly Sorry. a way to look at it. You know? <laughs> Sorry, I really caught you off guard here. But I think that, I mean that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that um, that I I I want to be. I wanted to be able to say that it's it's marriage that it's equal for marriage, mm -hmm. um, and and I'm not hearing uh, many of the leading candidates um, saying anything about marriage, um, and just by uh, dancing around that it's about sure, a civil it, union, right? And I hear that frustration like in a lot of people, right? Like mm -hmm. saying like call a duck a duck, mm -hmm. right? It's right. marriage, it's full rights, it's that a thousand plus, um, a thousand plus protections mm -hmm. and benefits and responsibilities that are extended to married couples under federal law. Right. So there, we know that there's that many and we know, you know, you can call it whatever, but it's marriage. Right. Right. But because, you know, it, I, th I think it boils down to, um, the, what? the theology of it, the religion of it. Mm -hmm. Like I think that people are too afraid to touch it, afraid to touch it. And, and which is ridiculous considering that even under the law, you know, if, if a federal, if marriage was protected and given to equal rights, like no religious institution would be required to perform a ceremony. Mm -hmm. All right. Absolutely not. So, I mean, it's not like right. by passing this law saying that let the gays get married, that suddenly the Catholic church would have to uh, recognize a ceremony or anything. Right. Right. Exactly. And I would even go to as far as maybe that they should have that everything is a civil union um, and that marriage is just sure, offered by, totally you know, by churches. It. Right. Um, and, um, but I really didn't get a really good feeling about John Edwards. Um because another part that it's his hair, right? You know, like his hair. Yeah, exactly. It's just too perfect. <laughs> um, you know, and you know, because I'm not even sure because if if something is a law, um the can the president actually just by executive order um say that we are no longer going to be following this law? No, I think it has to be repealed by Congress. So that's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So, um, and the very last segment that he, Congress passed it, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. So with the don't ask, don't tell, um, I, I certainly interpreted what uh, John Edwards said um, in the last segment, where his plans on um, doing away with don't ask, don't tell. He just basically says, "I'm going to get rid of it. It doesn't matter what the the generals or the Congress has to say. It, it is the president's right to get rid of if it's good for the country." Let's take a look. Um, listen to what he had to say. 
this is from uh, Jason Knight in Washington, D.C. He was um, a former Navy linguist who was dismissed under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, we have so many fewer Arabic speakers thanks to I that, know, that rule. And he said, since the ban cannot be lifted by executive order, you, you need more than, he claims you need more than the president. President Clinton wanted to do more, but ran into the generals, ran into Congress, ran into um, a lot of roadblocks. So how do, how do you do it? What are you going to do? Oh, I think the President of the United States can get rid of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I mean, I appreciate the question, but I, I, uh, if the President of the United States believes that Don't Ask, Don't Tell is bad for America, and in fact, bad for our military, which, and, it's, and, it's, and it's discriminatory, all of which is true. And when General uh, Colin Powell says no, you can't, you can't do it. I'm, I'm not sure Colin Powell would say no. Uh, but, I think but, he did when, say no. When, back then. Yes, back I think then. he did. Uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not the job of the generals to make this determination. It is the job of the President of the United States to make this policy. And, and I, I can... I love, love that music. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that, I mean, I was kind of like, well, so what is he expecting to do? I, I guess it was kind of, a, for me, kind of an unreasonable um, thought into mm. about Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Mm. And is he is he being political and saying, oh, it absolutely can be taken care of? Or is it something that he, I, I, didn't, th I didn't hear about his a plan or a strategy to get the done that it just if it needs to be done it just needs to be done i, I really thought that was a kind of like more of a political statement than anything tell Did me you, more what do you mean well I, I i don't think i mean when i was looking at all the different candidates and what their promises were making one of the things is that as some of the stuff that i i've been hearing is being is almost impossible to get through um uh, through the legislature right now mm -hmm. um being as president they're saying oh well, i can definitely make that happen and when i didn't hear it's like well how can you make it happen when there have been many other people before you that have tried to get this happen and getting, getting this to happen? Well, um, I, I think that because right now the president and is a Republican and he would just. But what about it. when they were Democrats? I mean, when the Clintons were in. in uh, Clinton passed it, though. Well, he passed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Right. So if he's saying that if it's good for the country and we can get it taken care of, the president should just be able to just do it despite what everybody says. Uh -huh. um, as I don't, uh, as we heard possibly earlier from Hillary Clinton, that it just wasn't during that time he couldn't. The president couldn't do it, and there was so such scrutiny and things um, that right, the president because... just couldn't just couldn't pass it just because he wanted to, even though he knew it was the right thing. Right, because he. Um was working with a Republican Congress. Mm -hmm. But so this time around, it'll be a Democratic Congress. Do we know that? Do we know that it's definitely going to be a Democratic Congress? Yeah, because it's off, it's off cycle. No, doesn't the House representative go up every two years? And Can we get a legislator to call in, please? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I understand with the Senate. The Senate may be possibly um, uh, not be... Uh, be changed, but I believe that the the house gets uh, changes every two years, um, and like for instance, Rebecca Warren, she's up for election. She's a representative, and so she is up for election next next year. Mm -hmm. um, but but that's also when our president, uh, our, we vote on our president as well. Well, I have faithful, I have full faith that it's going. Who the next president? I think will um, repeal "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." Okay, I think that, that they can make it happen. And but how are they by executive order or by actually convincing? Is it going to be the president that does it or is it going to be Congress that does it? You know, I don't know. I think that 
I don't care who does it. Just always done. Okay. <laughs> All right. I so. mean, because you know, in '07 there was something in the House mm-hmm. uh, introduced called the um, the Military Readiness Enhancement Act, mm-hmm. um, and this bill would repeal "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" and um, replace it with the statute that um, would ban discrimination. So um, I think that, and I think there's like 112 co-sponsors to that right now. Nice. So um, I don't know, you know, and that's in the House and in the Senate. Um, I don't know if they're doing anything right now. Gotcha. So um, I don't know how that goes down. I hope, you know. Hmm. Well, the one thing that I didn't, uh, the other thing that I felt kind of like I was being mocked a little bit with with uh, John Edwards is in his statement at the very beginning where he was talking about the Gay and Lesbian Center in L.A. and how they help homeless youth who have been, who come out and the reason why they're homeless part of me was feeling like he was mocking me Hmm. um i really felt that it's like well yeah that doesn't just happen in la it you know it happens here in detroit it happens you know in uh st louis it happens in minneapolis st paul you know it happens so you felt like he was sort of saying like la they're homeless gays there right exactly look at these folks that we've got to help you know we have to help and it's a good thing that we have you know the center here in la to do that Mm -hmm. because i've been amongst the people and i kind of was like you know, this is this is something that's happening not just in L.A. Uh-huh. This is happening across the country. So it was pretty in your neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I really felt. I guess the thing is that I, I guess I'm I'm trying to get across for at least my feelings is that he. I really felt that he was just he had these panned answers. He had these answers that were um, supposed to put me at ease, and yet I felt there was really no substance to it. Mm-hmm. And I really got concerned because it was. I, I felt it was that he wasn't really looking at the, the entire picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and and I really also, that he was also trying to get experience, mm-hmm. um, which, which I felt another candidate, Barack Obama, um, that at least he, he had a little, I didn't feel that his answers were as, as planned. I guess they felt that I felt they were a little bit more real, even though I felt they were very polished. Hmm. Um, um, especially when he started talking about uh, where he has talked about homophobia um, in various communities. Um, the black community in particular. Exactly. Right. And how he was saying how there was that what he's saying here in front of us today is what he said. He said in the past. He's brought up in the past. Um, he's talked about this. Um, and I felt that it was... Uh, at, at least he had uh, had some history of bringing it up that it was a consistent issue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he goes into that um, especially uh, when the, the during the segment where it says on homophobia in the black community. Hmm. You um, you've gotten some praise for taking to the pulpits of black churches and telling the black community, talking to the black community about its responsibilities. Um, now, you and I both know that there's a homophobia problem in the black community. Right. So how are you going to talk to the black community about that, both as candidate and if you are elected to the White House as president? Uh, you know, I, I have already done so. I mean, some of you saw at the Howard uh, debate, uh, a uh, Tavis Smiley had organized. I specifically raised the homophobia in our community as an impediment to dealing with AIDS issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I'm somebody who talks about LGBT issues, not just before HRC. Uh, I I was with Harold Ford. He organized a forum of black ministers in Tennessee. Uh, 
and I specifically talked about the 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 degree to which the notion of gay marriage in black churches has been used to divide, uh, has been used to distract. I specifically pointed out that uh, if there's any pastor here who can point out uh, a marriage that has been broken up as a consequence of seeing two men or two women holding hands, then we, you should tell me because I haven't seen any evidence of it. And, and what I've also said, and what I've also said is if, if you think that issue is more important to the, the black family, which is under siege, if you think that's more important than the fact that black men don't have any jobs uh, and are struggling uh, in the inner cities, uh, then I profoundly disagree with you. So uh, th this goes to the earlier point that uh, we were talking about, Melissa. I, I think when, when there's truth-telling involved, people respond. As long as you don't uh, uh, come at people uh, in a heavy-handed way, but rather you approach them based on their own experience and their own truth. And, and the black community, I think, uh, has a diversity of opinion, uh, as you and I both know. There, there are people who recognize that if we're going to talk about justice and civil rights and fairness, that should apply to all people, not just some. And there are some folks who, coming out of the church, uh, have you know, elevated one line in Romans uh, above the Sermon in the Mount. Mm -hmm. And so, so my job as a leader, not just of African Americans, but uh, hopefully of, uh, as a leader of Americans, is to tell the truth, which is mm -hmm. this has been a, a political football that's been used. Uh, it is unfortunate. Uh, it's got to stop. And if when it stops, we will then be able to address the legitimate and serious concerns that face the black family. Senator, real, real quickly, a recent poll uh, from the New York Times. So I thought that his efforts to, to really address homophobia in the black community, especially at the pulpit, I think is amazing. That's, Absolutely. I think it's courageous. Absolutely. And, and I think that that was one of the things that I liked about him more than I liked about um, John Edwards, was that at least he had some history, and he actually has talked about this before. Um, the problem where it didn't seem real to me was where he kept editing his words. Mm. Like, how do you mean? Well, he kept pausing to think about what the next word should be uh -huh, uh -huh. rather than actually really coming from the from the heart or really coming from um, a, a knowledgeable place of being comfortable enough to be able to just talk about it uh, uh, without pausing and thinking about what his next word should be and and not uh, and basically doing a lot of self-editing while uh, while t trying to talk about the That's issue. That's interesting. You know, I, I'm not sure. I haven't heard. Um Barack Obama speak in other forums, so I don't know if that's like his style or what. But okay. you know what I did pick up on is how huge of a Barack Obama fan Melissa Etheridge is. Yeah, she was yes. just all about like I'm so blah, blah blah blah, and she, I mean, she no qualms about that. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really interesting because uh, I don't know who HRC is backing. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know that either. I, think yeah. it, I don't know. I'm not sure if they said or it might be Hillary because Hillary spoke at their last sort of big dinner. Mm, so interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. That's a little history I did not know. So yeah, I, I I'm not really sure myself where where their connections are, who they are backing, um, but I think that there is, I think there's a reason why um, 
Edwards, Clinton, and Obama are all in the top three because I, th- because I really did feel that they were way more polished and and at least because they have the most money right now. I thought they were getting the most votes. I th- I thought they were getting the most like when they do polling that they're the ones. Oh, right. that are Well, at the it, top. it yeah. is Barack. It actually, well, you know, on the uh, on the visible vote 08 site, the top three are Barack, Dennis Kucinich, and then Hillary. Oh, interesting. And John Edwards is a fifth, distant fifth. Wow, I did not know that. So, so yeah. Oh wow, and 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 that's what um, I guess why this the, this political debate is so important to me is because even though we make up only like maybe five or ten percent of the vote, ninety mm-hmm. percent of our community votes, mm-hmm. and I think that that says a lot about you know even though we are five to ten percent a, a, a distinct minor- minority in this, I think but that we're voting. So there is something there that we could, our community can swing a vote if it needs to. Well, and I think the other thing is that, um, as LGBT people, um, and as the only social identity group that's continuing to lose civil rights and Mm -hmm. civil protections, I think it's incredibly indicative of the, the, um, momentum and the, uh, the possibility and the progress of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, it's how LGBT people are treated. Right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that that's exactly it. That the how the majority treats the minority is definitely and um, where the folks that don't necessarily have the power, um, and how the the more powerful do treat the ones with less power. I definitely it de- definitely says a mm-hmm. a sense of character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I really was like being very critical and and at, at the, the at Edwards Clinton um, mm-hmm. and Obama and things like this until there was a question that was brought up with Bill Richardson um, and Melissa Etheridge. Yeah, Bill Richardson <laughs> didn't really do himself any favors. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was then I realized oh wow some folks really didn't do their homework uh, and really didn't understand what some of the issues were um and especially when he went into go ahead that was a huge gaffe yeah absolutely um and oh my goodness and i'm trying to figure out where he actually said that um the thing about the choice yes so i'm trying to figure out which uh part that he says but melissa etheridge actually did ask him um about the the issue of do you think homosexuality is a choice yes exactly and a choice or is it something you're born with do you have it oh alex is so good he's got it already do you think homosexuality is a choice or is it biological it's a choice it's it's i don't know if you understand the question do you think do you think i uh, a homosexual is born that way or do you think that around seventh grade we go, oh, I want to be gay? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it, you know, I, I don't see this as an issue of science or definition. I see gays and lesbians as people, as a matter of human decency. I see it as a matter of, of love and, and companionship and people loving each other. You know, I don't like to categorize people. I don't like to, like, answer definitions like that that, uh, you know, perhaps are grounded in, 
in, in, in, in science or something else that I don't understand. Well, it's hard when you are a citizen of a country that uh, tells you that you are making a choice when you were, you were born that way and your creator made you that way and there's a document that was written 200 years ago that says you are entitled to certain rights that you are not given. How can there be anything other than absolute equal rights for homosexuals? Well, that's, that's always been my view. As I said, uh, as a Hispanic, I grew up uh, with people thinking because of my darker skin and my, uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't fully uh, speaking English at a time that, that I was not equal. So I understand that issue of inequality. And so uh, across the board, I've always felt that every human being deserves uh, the same rights, deserves the same niche in, in our society. And, you know, I'm, all my life, I've striven very hard to deal with the civil rights issue on immigration issues affecting families. I've always held these ideals very high. And my record speaks for it. And, you know, the next day he went on this uh, XM radio show, this LGBT XM radio show, and tried to explain it. And there's a story, and I don't know if it was the Post or the Times, that talked about how he was you know, jet-lagged. And... <laughs> and even how he says, oh, he meant not choice. It was, But when he started going into the whole scientific thing, I was like, well, wait a minute. She, she asked him twice. Right. And he still said choice. Right. Um, and, and, and so I was really, for me, it was like, wow, he really did do his homework. <sighs> he really, I mean, if he had interacted with folks at all. If he had ever talked to the LGBT yeah, community, yeah, right. he would know that this is not only a hot button issue, but sort of, you know, something very salient, you know, about choice and the implications of saying someone chooses to be one way or the other, you know. Right. And you would think he would also be very savvy that when you're asked the question, when you have a choice between A and B, mm. and you've given one answer and they repeat the question for you, like, do <laughs> you, you under choose something else? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to enough talk shows that I know that. Right. <laughs> so, um, and I think that that was like, wow, the biggest thing, I think, out of the whole, um, out of the whole forum mm -hmm. was... The, that made my decision about Bill Richardson immediately. Mm. I, I not necessarily because of what it's okay with me and how people whether they think it's a choice or something that you're born with. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? I, mm -hmm. I can let people figure that out, and I love debating it with people and just to have fun with it. I, I really don't care either way. And those who I've now that are listening that I've debated with you about it, <laughs> now you know I was really kidding everything I said. But um, <laughs> but it was one of those things where it um. Th that the fact that he didn't even know the conversation, right? That that was like, okay, you're not my candidate because if you can't understand something, understand something that basic about me, uh -huh. um, and be able to have that discussion about, uh, and even talk about it intelligently about big choice. And I think that he tried to backpedal it and sort of making it more of a universal treat everyone equal right. issue, um, and so and I, which I think is very common um, for politicians in debate mode yes but i i think that uh it looked very it reflected very poorly on him absolutely absolutely so that's where 
I got I was fascinated with Mike Ravel and Oh Gravel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I have I, you seen his uh, his Canada commercial where he like it's literally like twenty eight seconds of him staring into the camera. On the beach or something? Yeah, and then he walks back and throws a rock into the river and like into the pond, and then it says Gravel for president. What is that about? I don't know. I felt like I was watching like really mediocre French theater. Like, <laughs> it was it was very odd. Right, Absolutely. I expected like a riderless red bicycle to come across stage or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, it was very. It's uh, yeah. He's. I think, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And so I thought that you know I could, I was like, wow, and I'm, and what is going on with him? And 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 so one of the things that I was really, so, so, um, especially the segment where he said, you know, about his fellow candidates are playing it safe. And I think that you know I think that's what that's really interesting. Um, yeah, let's hear him say it. Just a second ago, you said you couldn't understand why uh, people were supporting Obama and Edwards and Clinton uh, over you. So why do you think, because you are in support of full same-sex marriage rights, so why do you think Obama and Edwards and Clinton are ahead of you? Well, it's, it's because they're playing it safe. They're playing it safe. They're not going to earn, they're not going to lose any votes over not being for marriage, whatever their excuses are, they're, they're, they're going to win. This is costing votes for us. I don't care. I don't want those votes. I don't want those votes. So, so you want to know the difference? It's, it's as plain as the nose on your face. And that is that what you're experiencing is politics as usual. And a gifted politician can tell you this, and I don't mean this humorously, I mean it very accurately. A good politician can tell you to go to hell and make you look forward to the trip. <laughs> so, so, so. I want that music for our show. I know, right? Every time we say something. <laughs> so, Gravel is a trip. Like, Absolutely. Straight up. Like, because, um, you know, and he said it, like, at first he wasn't even invited through the forum yes what was that about um i think it's because a lot of people don't consider him to be a, um, a viable candidate and he just might have taken up space and oh because um, okay. you know even when he's in the nbc debates or our cnn debates and the youtube debate it's sort of like let's go to gravel and like everyone's sort of like up oh, wink wink nudge nudge gravel <laughs> and you know i i think that you know he's saying i think a lot of really correct thing absolutely like, he, people are playing it safe and he also goes on to say later like that uh people ask him about his generation and his generation yes thoughts on lgbtq equality and he says you know most of my generation is wrong yeah and they zoomed to these this front row of these two old lesbians mm -hmm. like the first lesbians in the nation or something right right and and uh you know i i think he's right i think people are playing it safe but i think that in a wider context, they're playing it a lot riskier than they would have four years ago. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I don't think we would have Gravel and uh, Kucinich even talking about this. Um, and, and I think that was one of the things that I, I liked about or that I learned is that all of the candidates, candidates feel that the gay issue is not going to be an issue this time. That they're not going to use you it. You mean it's not going to be like a wedge issue. Right. right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That it's not something that's going to... And I think as far as you know, drawing people, going towards the center to draw people, uh, drawing moderates to them and undecided swing voters to them. I think that playing it safe, um, and, you know, I don't know, even as I think about it and say it, like, is that, is that, 
is that sort of like being too soft and is it is mm-hmm. it saying like um you know i'll tell you what you want to hear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think that's what kind of what he was implying yeah definitely and, you know that they were they were already having a a, a team already rewrite uh, you know writing these and these are things that they've memorized and this is how they they work with it um so Gravel was kind of a, a, an interesting um a very interesting person to listen to. I mean, especially about all, like, he feels that marriage is among human beings. And he kept saying that over and over. It's yeah, among that was human weird, beings. Huh? Human and, beings, human beings. Yeah. Like, we get it. Yeah. Because I, during I, dinner, I'm like, I'm not going to marry my dog, dude. I well, what that's what about. I was wondering if he was implying. Well, I, I don't you know? think that he's, I don't Do you think he was going to the bestiality part of it? No, but I, I was know. wondering if he was playing to it. You know, I was like, I don't think he believes that. But I was wondering why he kept saying human beings. It's a marriage between human beings. And, I mean, I love the fact that he was the only one, if I remember correctly, besides Edwards when they directly asked him about transgender uh, folks, that... um, that they were that he was that he actually said it's among human beings mm-hmm. you know straight mm-hmm. lesbian transgender you know gay right and i thought well at least he's he's able to say it with comfort right and i think he was just maybe getting more out of the universal rights universal sort of right you know mm-hmm. the fabric of blah 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 whatever you know which brings mm-hmm. us to the love candidates i love him <laughs> he is my new favorite kucinich yes you know it's funny because on the blog um on the on the visible uh-huh. vote blog uh keith boykin who is a oh. uh, american author who wrote beyond the download says you know consider kucinich yeah yeah know, you know from absolutely the congressman from ohio have you ever seen pictures of his wife no He's about a foot and a half taller and a lot more attractive really yes wow <laughs> man so uh-huh. there is hope i mean you know it's like another you know larry king issue you know or sure, uh, sure. i guess oh uh, yeah <laughs> but he um but Krasinich, i mean I, I you know as much i i loved him i thought he i mean he said everything and the ease of how he said it i mean that's what got me right is that it really seemed to he didn't seem to fumble he just seemed to be actually really talk about it and especially like when he was talking about um uh, he brought it i mean he brought in the constitution the bible the mm-hmm. i mean he brought in very uh, several different um items of where he was um, of what he thought about the whole marriage issue. And so let's hear him um, talk about um, does the LGBT community you know, want anything he's against? Congressman Kucinich, you're seemingly for everything the gay community wants. I took a look at your HRC questionnaire. Support, 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 support. So is there anything that the LGBT community wait, wait, wants? Your question. Is there anything? Is there anything that the LGBT community wants that you're against? There's got to be something. <laughs> All I can say is uh, keep those uh, contributions coming, and you have the, and, and you'll have the president that you want. <laughs> I'll take that as a no. That's a no. All right. So you're one of just two candidates who who fully supports same-sex marriage. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I can tell you from my own experience. I mean, this is really a question of, of whether you really believe in equality. I mean, I see the equal sign there, and, uh, and I have uh, that same sign in my office in Washington, D.C. And imagine that equal sign inside a heart. 
Because what we're really talking about here is, uh, is human love. And there's no power on, on this earth greater than human love. And when you understand what real equality is, you understand that people who love each other must have the opportunity to be able to express that in a way that is, is meaningful. And that the state should not be intervening against people. They sh the state should be there on behalf of people to, to make sure that that love has a chance to be facilitated. So to me, this isn't even a close question. So, so Congressman, what you're saying is that Senator Obama and Senator Edwards, who sat here just moments ago, both espousing equality, therefore equality, therefore all these things you just t talked about. So are you saying that they, are, they don't truly oppose same-sex marriage, that they're just playing politics? I'm saying that I stand for real equality and that I believe And, and this, this is really part of, a, of an American tradition because uh, when you look at the founding documents, um, the idea of all being created equal, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all are created equal, endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. To me, this is a foundational principle of who we are as a country. So because I believe in that and because I live it, to me, it's very easy to be here, to take a stand for that principle. It'd be very easy for me as President of the United States to issue executive orders that will require all federal contractors, anyone who's doing business with the federal government in any way, every federal agency, to have to follow the principles that are written in ENDA and to, and to be, let the federal government be the agent of change that it should be, and then to lead the way as President of the United States in bringing about the kind of unity that shows that real unity is to respect each other's inner equality and real unity is to respect uh, the power of human love. The greatest commandment is, is love. And I think that if, if someone embodies that and lives it, then things change in a country. That's, love has that transformative power. And that's what I have always tried to bring into public forums. And that's what I'll bring into the White House as well. Aww, I totally... <laughs> I totally want to hug now. Aw, he come here. I know, right? <laughs> but one of the things I was really impressed with him also was the fact that, I mean, he talks about where he's worked with HRC, a major LGBT organization. He actually has taken LGBT bills from door to door and, and gotten signatures. Mm. Um, I've also liked the fact that he's got, you know, he's got a history of advocacy. And then when he, when he was asked about, would you hire a member, um, um, a member of your cabinet uh, would you hire a gay person to be a part of your, your cabinet he kind of was like who cares about that and mm -hmm. can they do the job um and i was just really impressed and and felt a lot of love and you know i, I was thinking the care bear movie or you know, know song, right? but, <laughs> but he was but i and i could also see why he's also not the front runner you know and um, unfortunately, unfortunately, and I really wish I'd like to hear him about other issues about environment and and abortion and stuff, but and the war and the war mm -hmm. um, and how um, you know he'd be, how would he would deal with you know various other countries. So um, I found it fascinating. Um, if you want to get more information, you want to see or you want to yeah see the or listen to the uh, the whole forum, um, you could definitely go to Visible Vote 08 V I S I B L E V O T E 08. Uh, d um, and uh, the, and definitely take a look at it and see. Uh, I encourage folks to take a look. 
So we'll be back next week. You're not going to be back next I week. I won't. I'll be out. But uh, a week after that, we have another music show. Absolutely. Fantastic. So we will see you next week. And uh, until then, have a good one. Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhage, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. FM, Ann Arbor, radio you can sink your teeth into. Yep, here it is, WCBN FM, Ann Arbor. Welcome now, you are tuned into The Hop. You just heard Closets are for Clothes. After the show, The Hop, you will stay tuned, of course, to hear the local music show featuring great DJ host. Jason Adam Voss. On this show, though, we're going to go through some soul funk, Latin and Brazilian music, as we're wont to do. I'm uh, going to start off tonight with Royer's Ubiquity and a heavy, heavy track that's been sampled and utilized by hip hop over the years a number of times. It's Royer's Ubiquity with We Live in Brooklyn, Baby, off his LP, He's Coming. This is The Hop. Mm-hmm. 